0: Money talks, but so do we. I'm Lauren, and I'm Daniel, and and we're we're your friends friends with with Tax tax Benefits. benefits.
1: We're here to sound off about write-offs,
0: to get wise about wealth building,
1: and to take the taboo out of tax talk.
0: We work at TurboTax, so obviously, this is what we love to talk about.
1: But we're not here to replace your accountant.
0: In each episode, we'll share our own personal opinions, advice, and jokes about all things
1: financial. What we won't do is share any opinions on behalf of Intuit, TurboTax, their brands, or employees.
0: The lawyers made you say that, huh, Lauren?
1: So, stop scrolling on Tax Talk. Tell your CPA you'll call them back later. And let's talk tax, friends.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. I'm Daniel Thrall and I'm joined by one of my favorite people, my wonderful co-host, Lauren Thomas. Hi, Lauren. Nice to see you.
1: Hey, Daniel. Always a pleasure. What are we talking about today?
0: Today, we're talking about everybody's least favorite topic these days, the painful topic of inflation. We'll be joined by two special guests, Sergio Avedian, senior contributor at The Rideshare Guy. And later, we'll talk with tax expert Joe Bedford to answer tax questions about inflation.
1: It's really incredible how inflation is so top of mind for so many people right now. I have been amazed by the price of gas. And by amazed, I mean appalled. (laughs) It hurts my pocket to go to the gas station. The groceries are out of control. I mean, even the price of eggs these days has been trending on TikTok with people stealing eggs, actually, because the prices are so out of control.
0: It was $10 $10 a dozen at the grocery store the other day for the cheapest ones. These are not these pasture-raised ones with happy chickens. 10 bucks a dozen. So I
1: made Rice Krispie treats instead of cookies because they do not contain eggs, Lauren. It's a classic choice. I find it, you know, even the conventional eggs are being sold at these outlandish, bougie egg prices <laughs> these days.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, let's get started. Sergio Avedian is the senior contributor at The Rideshare Guy. Sergio also hosts the Show Me The Money Club live stream podcast on the Rideshare Guy YouTube channel, which has posted content about how to navigate inflation. Welcome, Sergio.
2: Thank you, thank you for having me, much appreciated.
1: So Sergio, we know that you are a gig economy consultant. First of all, what exactly does that mean?
2: As a gig economy consultant, what I do is I consult with hedge funds, some Wall Street banks, because my background is a Wall Street derivatives and equities trader, you know, given my opinions of where the trends are and what I see the gig economy going, uh, where the current trends are, you know, like as we all know, when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of people were staying home, right? So my perspective is from top down, basically from understanding what their earnings are gonna be like, to read their financial reports, all the way down to being a driver for all these companies. And currently I'm running about eight apps on my phone as a gig worker. And um, you know, that's why we named the show Show Me The Money. You know, Whoever shows me the money, I go work for them.
0: When you say that you have eight apps on your phone, are you doing some of the gig work too to walk in the shoes of the people um, for whom you're consulting?
2: absolutely because that's I think that's what is lacking in today's gig world um, you know a lot of the executives in their corners up in San Francisco they can write all the code but they don't experience the pains that the actual driver faces as a rideshare driver or as a delivery driver so once the the code is unleashed on the drivers we have to figure it out we have to you know because there's no training for this by the way to get on these apps you basically have to breathe have a valid driver's license a car upload some documents and boom you know you're ready to earn some money so you know to me that's that was the most important thing because when i'm writing an article or doing my shows you know i want it to be from first hand experience i don't want to just say something that's not factual and then you know a lot of drivers don't even gravitate towards that kind of an opinion really a cut and paste opinion so yeah i am an active driver on all these apps
1: so, what are some of the trends that you're seeing right now in the gig economy space, and what's some of the key advice you're giving to the gig workers that you're we're working with and providing recommendations for?
2: Yeah, great question. So, on Show Me the Money, what we do is we have two things that we're trying to achieve, right? One is to inform, and one is to educate. The trends that I'm seeing at the moment, and you you all talked about, you know, inflation, right? Talk about inflation because. As you both know, I'm sure that we're called independent contractors according to these companies. So we are responsible for all the costs that are involved with gig work, such as we own the car, we buy the gas, we buy the insurance. We have to maintain these cars, right? And talk about inflation. You know, when it comes to maintaining these cars, the set of tires I bought, you know, a year ago now doubled. So or brakes or oil changes, right? Everything's price has gone through the roof. So what happens consequently is that if the amount of money that I'm trying to earn through these gig apps is not going up commensurate to the inflation of all these items, I'm screwed. <laughs> so that's why, that's what we do on Show Me The Money. We try to inform and educate people of what your cost per mile is. When they send you a request, you have about 10 seconds to analyze that request. Truly, you buy about 10 seconds. You know, how many miles to pick up, how many miles to drop off, what are my costs? Is this a profitable trip for me? Because ultimately, as independent contractors, we're out there to make money. I mean, the most amount of money in the shortest period of time. And trust me, not every request or order that's sent to us is great. So the trends that I'm seeing is that the macroeconomic conditions that exist today, as again, you said with inflation, You know, a lot of people's W-2s are not enough to put food on the table. So what easier way to earn a couple hundred extra bucks a week and become a rideshare driver, right? And so what that's creating is actually that's helping these companies because now there is a massive oversaturation of gig workers um, in this space. And when that happens, and I'm also seeing some uh, trends that uh, frequency ordering is going down, average order values are going down because... No, I'm just going to go pick up my latte as opposed to order it, right? It's going to cost money because the the, the companies are charging a lot of money for the, for the delivery of these items. Well, so what I'm seeing is that the pie is staying the same, right? As far as, let's say, demand, which it's not. Actually, it's kind of slowing down because the consumer is also getting hit by inflation. And what, what does the consumer do? They tighten their belts. You know, they cut a lot of the expenses that they have, which are called Dispo- you know, uh, are a hit on their disposable income. You know, with the oversaturation of gig workers out there at the moment, the pie, let's say, is staying the same, but there are a lot more mouths to feed, and your sliver of the pie is becoming thinner and thinner.
1: I recently read a statistic from an article from um, summer 2022 that said that rideshare and delivery drivers are spending 50 percent more than they did a year ago to fill up their tanks with gas. So. These kinds of things are expenses that drivers can write off. Where do you typically recommend rideshare drivers and gig workers go to learn more about the tax implications and what they may be able to deduct at tax time?
2: Yeah. So, uh, Lauren, good question. We're not tax experts on the rideshare guy, obviously. But we do have plenty of articles um, to aid drivers in how to figure out their costs. We're going to come up with a um, cost per mile calculator that they can drop in all their numbers and then figure out their cost per mile in order for them to figure out what kind of deductions they need and that it'll be an itemized list of list of deductions obviously you need to consult your cpa when you're doing your taxes but there's variable costs and fixed costs when it comes to running a car fixed costs are your monthly lease payment loan payment your insurance and your tags and all that stuff. And then the variable cost, i like living in California. Trust me, I know about variable cost, okay? Two months ago, I was paying $7 a gallon for gas. So when that happens, that week, I did not make any money. I worked for charity, basically, doing ride share. Because, a seven, because the, the, the fares that I was getting paid after deducting my variable cost of gasoline only I was losing money, so I quit doing it for a week or two or three until gas prices calmed down a little bit, right? So all these things drivers have to factor in. My biggest advice to drivers is, okay, look, they're calling you an independent contractor. Treat this like your small business. It's a small business you're running here. Just like I'm selling burgers. I got to know my food costs, my rent, my labor costs. This is the same thing to me. When I drive, unequivocally, after each shift, I sit down and put all my numbers in a spreadsheet to figure out much money did I make net on a net basis because yeah I, I grossed 100 bucks it's in my account that I didn't have yesterday but that's not 100 bucks to get that 100 bucks I spent a whole bunch of money to get to that 100 bucks right so to me that's what drivers need to do treat it as a small business of yours just like any other small business
1: That's such great advice. I think for those of us who aren't spreadsheet champions, there's also a lot of really great software you can use to help you track your mileage, your expenses, and the income you're making so you can really see what you're actually earning at the end of the day. So let me recap. I wanna make sure to have some really strong takeaways for our gig worker drivers. So make sure to know your costs. Just because you're getting a certain amount in fees every week, those are your gross costs. It doesn't mean that's what's staying in your pocket at the end of the day. So understand both what you're earning and then the costs that are coming out in terms of your mileage, your gas, your food, if you're buying snacks for riders, for example, get really savvy when it comes to taxes so you can keep more of that money in your pocket at tax time.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, one other thing I would add as a consumer, which I'm a consumer on these platforms, okay, Um, If I'm not in a huge rush and I'm ordering a trip somewhere, I'm going to an airport, let's say, right? Look, the the, the companies say it themselves. Their prices that the algorithm decides for you is dynamic. It's changing with availability of drivers in the neighborhood and how many requests are coming in. It's a supply and demand based algorithm. So wait, maybe ten minutes. You know, then prices are going to drastically change or go lower nine out of ten times, right? As a consumer. The other thing you can do as a consumer, you know, all these companies have subscription plans that you get discounts on. I, I pay my $9.99 a month and then I get a discount on Rideshare, I get surge protection, I get some free food delivery. Those are the takeaways for me, really.
1: Sergio, you are such a wealth of knowledge. Where can people find and follow you online for more information about the gig economy?
2: The main website is going to be um, www.therideshareguide.com, right? And then from there, you can go into our three different uh, channels of of content. Uh, We have a blog that I personally write for at least once a week. And we have wonderful contributors. And that has maybe a couple hundred thousand uh, newsletter readers. Then we have a podcast that our founder, Harry, has been religiously doing, even during the pandemic, once a week, and all these interviews with the CEOs and high-ranking officials uh, are all on there. So we have a podcast channel, and then we have a very decent YouTube channel that we have a massive outreach on. But once you get to the rideshareguy.com website, you can visit all three areas.
0: Thank you so much for spending time with us today, Sergio. It's been great getting to know you. I wish you the best of luck and thanks again.
2: Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Daniel.
1: I am so excited to welcome Joe Bedford to the podcast. Joe Bedford is a tax expert based in Knoxville, Tennessee, who has 17 years of tax experience. He's also married to a CPA and is the son of an accountant. So taxes really run in the family. Joe, welcome. Thank you. So one question that's top of mind for me on the podcast is, does inflation have a direct impact on taxes?
3: You know, it's not probably a huge impact. I mean, there are a few small little ways that it does affect the tax return. The standard deduction for taxpayers generally goes up a little bit each year. And this is, you know, a way to try to ameliorate the effects of inflation. Now, in case you don't know what the standard deduction is, this is a dollar amount that is set each year, and it varies depending on your filing status, so whether you're single, married, etc. And what this amount is, is this is a dollar amount of income that you can earn basically tax-free. Another way of saying it is you can earn up to this amount of income before taxes even kick in. And so that amount does go up a little bit each year. And obviously that's, that's a, you know, you could say that's related to inflation, but that's actually to a benefit to the, to the taxpayer. Um, The other ways where inflation, you know, comes into play. I I know that our previous guest talked about ride share. And so I'm probably going to talk a good bit about ride share today as well, mainly because that is a good way of tying inflation to taxes. It may affect have more effect there than on other types of tax returns. Because obviously, if you're self-employed, you're allowed to deduct business expenses. But again, here's the sliders going up and down. Your business expenses right now are probably higher because it costs more to buy these things. But, well, this slider is going to go up too, but this is the good slider, the amount that you get to deduct. If you're paying more, you get to deduct more. So it, it, it almost evens out in a way.
1: We were chatting with Sergio earlier, and one of the key takeaways that came up as we're thinking about inflation and how these rising costs are impacting people every day, including people who are working in the gig economy and who are self-employed doing their own thing. And we were chatting a bit about some of the tax deductions that gig economy workers like rideshare drivers or delivery drivers can take. And now that we've got you here, Joe, I'd love to dive a little deeper into what are some common deductions that folks can take or may be able to take if they are contract workers, gig workers, or self-employed.
3: So some of those are obvious. Some of those are maybe not so obvious. Your vehicle is something that we can talk about. If you buy snacks or water for your customers, that's something you can think about. There are the fees that the rideshare platforms deduct from your gross revenue. And those are something that you can deduct. And the nice thing is the rideshare platforms generally provide you, or provide the uh, the gig workers, I should say, with a tax summary that contains a lot of this information that, the, you know, of things that they can deduct. But the other thing to keep in mind is it's it's not inclusive. You need to be keeping up with some things yourself.
1: So Joe, you mentioned bottled water as a deductible expense, and I really want to dig into that with you a bit further, right? So if you're a driver and you're drinking bottled water for yourself in the car by yourself, that is not a deductible business expense. But if you're buying water snacks for your riders, that is deductible, right?
3: That is absolutely correct, and that's a great call-out, Lauren, and that's a common confusion. Also with meals, a lot of times rideshare drivers say to themselves, well, I'm eating meals while I'm doing business, so that must be a deductible business meal. That's not how the IRS looks at it. The IRS looks at a deductible business meal as one that is had with clients or potential clients or vendors, or possibly uh, subcontractors, that's a deductible business meal, not meals that you're eating while you do business.
1: And it's typically too. so if you're, for example, a consultant or a freelancer, graphic designer, and you have a coffee or a meal with a client to discuss business, right, it can't just be like shooting the breeze, that is a deductible expense. But if you're by yourself, that is not deductible, right?
3: That's absolutely correct, and something else that folks may not know, that deduction for business meal expense, it's usually limited to only 50%, so you generally don't get to deduct that fully. However, again, we're looking at how the pandemic has affected some things related to tax, and there is a special provision that was in place for tax year 2021 and 2022, which is the current tax year that we're doing taxes for now, that does allow a 100% deduction for, for business meals, provided that the meals were provided by a restaurant. This was a measure to help out the restaurants that, as you know, were one of the industries most heavily hit by the pandemic. And so as long as the meal was provided by a restaurant, notice I didn't say eaten in the restaurant. It doesn't, that requirement isn't part of it. Um, You could order meal from a restaurant, pick it up, take it somewhere and eat it with a client or prospective client that is Work this year and last year, a 100% deductible business meal.
1: Let's dive into this idea of business use, right? Because it applies, I think, in a lot of different areas for folks who are self employed. One is their cell phone. So if you are a delivery driver, you are using your phone for work, right? Um, But if it's your personal phone, you can only deduct the portion of the expenses related directly to the time you're using it for work, correct?
3: absolutely correct and that you know again sort of you know puts a reminder in my head of a couple of things that we haven't talked about where this would be very relevant uh one is with the business use of a vehicle and the other is business use of the home so let me talk about the vehicle first and so and again i got i've got to lead with this keep track of your mileage it's the thing it the, the, Keep track of your expenses. Keep track of your mileage. If you don't remember anything else I said, there's your takeaways right there. The IRS, I said they don't like estimates. You can't estimate your mileage. The IRS requires a daily mileage log. Now, your cell phone can do that for you. There are many free apps out there. You've got your phone with you, right? It's got GPS. It'll keep track of everywhere you go. So at the end of the day, you look at your, your trips, and they're all on there. It shows you where you went, and you either swipe left or you swipe right. Um, you know, one direction is for business drives. The other direction is for personal drives. Now, for the personal drives, you also need to indicate what the purpose, what the business purpose of the drive was. If you're a rideshare driver, that's going to be pretty easy. You're going to have that you know, probably already filled in as, you know, I was drive, driving a customer. I think a lot of folks are familiar that there's a standard mileage rate that the IRS will allow you to deduct per mile. And it changed. we're talking about inflation again. It changes every year. But yeah, so you can take the standard mileage rate or you can deduct your actual vehicle expenses, pretty much every expense that you have related to your vehicle, but again, not 100% based on the business use. So if you've tracked your mileage, it's going to be very easy to figure out, okay, here's the business miles, here's the personal miles, here's the total. The business miles is whatever, 25%, 55% of the total. That means you can deduct that percentage of your expenses. And it's a choice. You can either take the standard mileage rate or you can take actual expenses. Obviously, one is likely to be a bigger deduction than the other, but I would say that's not the only consideration. The actual expenses method is more complicated, and you're getting into some pretty complicated tax stuff like depreciation. When, you know, And I start using those words and people's eyes start glazing over. You want to know if one is going to give you a better deduction than the other, but there's a lot to be said sometimes for simplicity and you know uh, minimal record keeping. And a lot of it depends on how savvy you are and how comfortable you feel dealing with things like that. If it makes you know sweat run down your face just thinking about trying to keep up with actual expenses, there's nothing wrong with taking the, the standard mileage rate. And I, I need to mention home office deduction or business use of the home real quick because it's a similar kind of idea. There's a simplified method where you can deduct it's $5 per square foot up to $1,500. You can deduct that for business use of your home if you've got a space that's used only for that. Or you can deduct a percentage of your expenses. Same as the vehicle. Same as the vehicle. The only other uh, little tidbit or fine point there is you might have certain expenses that apply only to the home office. You know, like if you've got a room and you have it painted, that would be a hundred percent deductible. Otherwise things like your mortgage or your rent, that's going to be based on business use. So if the home office is 10% of the total area of the home, you'll be able to deduct 10% of your mortgage, 10% of your rent, 10% of your homeowner's insurance, et cetera.
1: But that's only if it's exclusively dedicated to work, right? So if you're working in your living room or the baby's nursery or your closet, your office (laughs) or the couch or the bed, right? These are not deductible unless it's a space that is exclusively dedicated to your work, right? For self-employed.
3: Can't possibly stress that enough. But here's another pro tip. Here's one that folks forget about. Your home office does not, does not have to be separated by a permanent partition, okay? So what that means is uh, you're doing doing this kind of work in a corner in the kitchen. No, you can't deduct your kitchen because you use your kitchen for cooking meals. But let's say you've got a whatever it is, a 10 square foot, a 20 square foot little cubby or a desk, and that's all you use that
0: for and you don't use it for anything else that portion would be deductible. So Joe, thank you for helping us think about how to keep more money in our pockets during tax time, even though we feel like our money is leaving our pockets due to inflation.
3: Absolutely, my pleasure. I guess they used to say no pain, no gain. So hopefully we can think about inflation now as some pain and some gain at the same time.
0: I like it, I like it.
1: Thank you so much to Sergio Avedian for joining us to share his gig economy wisdom and to Joe Bedford for all of his inflation related tax expertise. And thanks to y'all for listening to this year episode of Friends with Tax Benefits. Daniel, I'll see you next time. Bye,
0: Lauren. It's awesome to see you. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get those podcasts. We'll see you next time. Friends with Tax Benefits is an Intuit TurboTax podcast presented by TurboTax Studios and made in partnership with Frequency Media. We're your hosts, Daniel Thrall.
1: And I'm Lauren Thomas. From Intuit TurboTax, Jane Lahani is our executive producer and Tony Melinda is our video producer.
0: From Frequency Media, Jordan Rizzieri is our producer. Emily Krumberger is our associate producer and Matthew Ernest Filler is our editor and sound designer.
1: Concepts Development by Jessica Olivier, Jill Pescesnik, and Isabel Moncloa-Daily.
0: This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.